Hey family, I'm Coach Cass. Welcome to The Hub. What's up, fam? Today on the show, I have David Cole. Welcome to the Coach Cast Show. Hey, David, how are you? I am doing well. It's so good to see you. It's been a long time since we connected live, but it's always a pleasure. Oh man, I've known I've known David Cole from my college days, so it has been a minute. And we reconnected on social media, and I saw that he was single, y'all. Said was single <laughs> at the time of this recording, right? So, <laughs> disclaimer. But really, just wanted him on the show to share, you know, especially as a grown man, what it's like in today's society to date or not date, and what that's looking like. So let's let's rewind it, David. Tell us a little bit about your love journey okay when I tell people this sometimes it, it they, they often don't believe it um, I, I'm 54 years old I, I just had a birthday yesterday okay. and thank you thank you and it's just organically developed in such that most of my major relationships have been either school or work related I had two girlfriends in high school the second one I was with for three years wow. and then the person I started dating after that was a high school classmate that I started dating in college. We dated for seven years. We got married. We were married for 13 years wow. and have two wonderful now adult sons. And, and then after that, I think the shortest relationship I've had since has been four years. So, and, I, and, it, and that's a person I met through work. And so I have not really traditionally dated. I went through a period a couple of years after my divorce where I'm like, you know what? I've never really dated, so I'm gonna do this whole online thing. And I did my eHarmony profile, and they literally said that my profile was so uh, rare and unique that they actually gave me my money back. Wow. True story. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. eHarmony <laughs> gave you your money back. They gave my money back. They said they couldn't, they couldn't find enough in a pool. I don't know if that means I'm picky or what, but I, I got on match, I got on chemistry, and I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of a scientist, so I said I'm going to reach out to X number of people and then I'm going to uh, email Y number of people and I will call Z number of people and then okay. I will go out and dates. And it was challenging because it felt like an internal job interview. And you go out on the first date and if the sister was divorced like I was, it became this dynamic about my crazy ex and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, I was divorced after you and I don't want to go on to talk about this. Right. It was a sister that wasn't married before. It felt like she wanted to catch up on all the things that she didn't do. And so I found that dating someone who, especially at a certain age, you know, usually around 35, 40, when if she hasn't married already, she's very focused on, are you going to pull the trigger? Hmm. And, and so... It, it's been a challenge as I've gotten older. You know, I, I spent a lot of time raising my kids. Uh, unfortunately, both my mom and my father had extended illnesses. I was their, their caregiver. So, um, and that impacted one of my long-term relationships. It's, it's a juggling act. Right. And, and so now, here I am in my mid-50s, I am I'm a romantic. So that means I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of marriage. 
I, I, I like to see connection. You know, my, my former wife remarried. She was married for 12 years and, you know, divorced. And she just got engaged a couple of months ago. And I was at the engagement party. And her fiance was like, we're not going to start the party. I'm not going to drop the question until David uh, gets there. And a lot of people go, that's weird. And they said, you know why? Because I like to see people I care about happy. I, I, I'm always rooting for the romantic win. Um, and as you get older and you begin re becoming reflective about your life, companionship and, and people who can vibe with you and share experiences are so important. And, and having been a person who um, has seen my, my parents on to heaven and a couple of my, my siblings on to heaven, I realized that having people in your life that you can share experiences with that, that may not share every value or every goal that you have, but you simply share is extraordinarily important. But, but we just don't have the time. Everybody's like, is it ready yet? Is it fixed yet? I didn't finish working out my crap, so I'm going to put my crap on you and want you to fix my crap and your crap. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting. But as you get into your middle years, a lot of those things change because we carry baggage with us. So I find that as I talk to sisters who are over 40, the dynamic isn't about the ticking clock. It isn't about the issues. It's about um, I don't want to deal with your stuff. So you need to ensure with me that your stuff is clear because I'm not about trying to fix your stuff or your, your ex's stuff or your kid's stuff. Yeah. So it, it's interesting that the idea of connecting with people evolves as you evolve. Mm -hmm. So how have you dealt with that? You know, knowing now that when you go out with someone over 40, which obviously you are, how do you even address that with a woman that's like, all right, did you take care of, of all your whatever issues you have, mommy, daddy, sister, brother issues, ex-wife issues? D what do you usually say to them? How do you even pacify that? Well, it's, I'm honest. And what I find is as you get older, you, you have less tolerance and time for foolishness. So I find that the dynamic is more, I guess, more straight. You know, I, I was talking to a sister a couple of years ago. There was a lot of vibe, a lot of connection, a lot of chemistry. Um, and, and so it's nice to know that everything's still working with the chemistry side. But as I expressed the things I was working through at my work or as a, my, my one son was transitioning out of high school and the college and whatnot, she would say this thing. And I, you know, I paid attention. She would say, sounds like a lot of work. And she'd always say it like that. And so I, I confronted that and go, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Does that mean that you don't think that I'm going to be able to invest the time, effort, and she just says, you know, I was in a, I was a long-term marriage, didn't work out after 20 odd years. I'm in this space where I just want to be free, do what I want to do. I want to vibe, I want to kick it. I want to hook up. Like all these terms, like, what are you talking about? Wait, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> I was born in the sixties. I'm too old. And, and she, she was open to maybe something deeper, but she just said like, your life is complex. And so we just had this conversation saying, I'm open to something that may not have to be a marriage, right? Even though I'm very traditional, but I, I'm a connector. I'm a committer. If you're my friend, I got you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what, right? And, and, and that's in all relationships. So my thing is if I'm the type of person who will get in my car and drive to Ocala because my friend's car broke down, I've done that before, that's or, sweet. you know, uh, I have two married friends and they're going through it and I'm going to be present and witness for them as they work it out without taking sides, and I have no skin in the game, then I, I, I've learned to need to expect some degree of grace. So my thing is, if you're a busy professional and 
you know, I'm, I'm not a career hound, but it just so happens I'm an educated person. I work in education. My former wife was a physician, um, you know, and the women I tend to date, they're engineers, they're, they're lawyers, they're, you know, they own their own businesses. And so, and I was raised by women, right? Yeah. They, they, my, my entire infrastructure was women. I wanted two daughters, God gave me two sons. And so I'm used to women on the grind, on the go, making it happen. So I'm not sitting around waiting for you to come and cook my dinner, rub my belly. But I, so I'm figuring if I'm perfectly okay with that and expect that you have a life, then I shouldn't have to explain that I have one because I'm, you know, I, I believe in fidelity. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very model directional. So if I have you and you're my lady, then that's it. There's nobody else in the world for me. And I'm very family oriented. So my thing is, you know, what are you competing with? You're competing with my mission. I'm an educator. You're competing with my kids. Well, if you have kids, I love your kids. Right. It is what it is. So, so I like dating women closer to my age because they won't go too long before they tell you what's working, what could work better and what's not working. However, the level of demand can be high. Somebody a little younger, I think women, you know, the old adage that men get with women thinking that they won't change, women get with men um, believing they can, they, they will change. I think younger women feel that. I think as you mature, you realize that only you can change yourself and whatnot. However, a younger woman will um, seem like in many times uh, accept things, not because she accepts them, but because she thinks it'll eventually change. And so I, I feel like I'd rather somebody be honest and say, David, the space that you're in, I don't like, or I don't like the company you keep, or I don't pray that way, versus trying to tell me, you know. So I appreciate the fact that you're willing to date women your own age, right? Because I, oh, yeah. I, like, I, I am a certified matchmaker, and I can't tell you the amount of men who are 50, 60 plus that come to me looking for someone who's 20 or 30 because they forgot to have kids, or they forgot about the whole thing when it comes to reproduction. So now pretty much they're looking for a surrogate. You know, I'm like, I'm not in that business. So this is refreshing to me that you are an age appropriate man that wants to connect with someone your own age who has their own goals, right? So I, yeah. I mainly coach professional women. So this, this makes me really excited because you're like, look, I like professional women that have their own thing going on and understand yeah. that I have my own thing going on. So just mm -hmm. looking across the landscape of every relationship, that you've been through to where you are today, what would you say is the underlying theme of, of, of why it didn't work? Like why, why, why didn't it, why didn't it work out? Uh, I've spent a lot of time and paid a lot of therapists <laughs> because one of the things I've realized is that you, you have to look at self, right? And I, I do, I've always been honest from, I've been a young adult, you know, uh, unfortunately my upbringing has a, a lot of issues and trauma and dysfunction. And when- Which uh, most people, I, 99% yeah. of people yeah. have yeah. trauma and dysfunction. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, my father was profoundly abusive and things like that. So I wasn't raised with normalized or healthy relationships. And I knew that. And so from I was 19, I started going to therapy because I was already with the person I would eventually marry. And my thought was, I don't want to bring that into that house. And I certainly don't want my children operating from a space where they don't want to be like their father. You know, my father, I love my father. I'm glad he lived till 90. We could work some things out. But I told him once, because he asked me, why are you the way you are? It was shortly after my divorce. And he told me if he was a younger man, he'd go over there and he'd show her who a man was on behalf of his son. I go, daddy, that's exactly what I don't want to be like. <laughs> right? Like, 
and and I, and I told him, and it was it was a it was a revealing conversation, but it was the truth. When I was 16, I I, I wrote a list uh, down of, of not about the kind of woman I wanted to have or about the type of job or money. I wrote a list about what kind of man I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And outside of being a person who who was able to be a source of provision for his family, none of those things were my father. And I I literally thought about everything my father showed up in his relationships like and how he dealt with people and the opposite of that was what I wanted to be I, and I, I say this says it's a tongue-in-cheek joke but it's true my mother and I watched the color purple and we felt like we were watching a documentary and I just didn't want to be mister and and so I think if I could have done some things different I might have told my 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 former wife that I was doing the work you know she 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 so my tendency toward being even tempered my tendency to try to find solutions other than raising voices and whatnot, I had to calibrate that. I went from being in an angry household to a person who was afraid of conflict. I realized conflict is an important part of relationships and marriage. And so by the time I realized that it's okay to say, hey, yo, yo, that that ain't working or that's not cool or, you know what, I got a suspicion over here, I was divorced. Mm -hmm. And so ironically, and and, and my ex-wife and I are still very good friends. I mean, we've known each other 40 years this this month. From our freshman year high, high school. And that's been instructive because as she has evolved and I've evolved, we can look back and go, you know what? Neither one of us talked about our, our, our needs. Neither one of us talked about, you know, our avoidance of conflict and whatnot. And so because I, I decided to be so agreeable, I looked like a man who didn't care about anything. Mm. And, and, and so my first lesson was I, I have to be able to say, this is going to work for me. This is not going to work for me. I'm going to support you. I'm there for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm going to help you with your, your, your emerging business and whatnot. But yo, it's been a dozen years and I haven't gone back to get my master's. Um, so when I do do that, I need you to support me, not just by allowing me study time. I need to see the level of support because I, I did my, and it's not, tif- I'm not transactional. So my thing is if I support you, I'm not expecting a check back. I'm not expecting an award, but you know what, I realized if I had spoken up earlier, then two people could have been going to school. But I, I didn't understand that I can support you and expect you to support me. I always like you first. And I've realized you have to put the mask on your, your, your face too. I also realized that you have to be able um, to uh, be okay. So when my second long-term relationship ended, because sister was like, I'm 40, like this, this month, and I got the ultimatum, and I had a ring. I both took twice. I've wanted to marry someone. I married one twice. I bought the ring and had it sitting for months and months and months, waiting for the right moment. But the second time was because my mother had fallen very, very ill, and I was focused on that. And I wanted to be able to give the sister the not only the marriage that she deserved. I could do that. I'm good at the marriage part. I wanted to be able to allow the space for the wedding that she deserved. And so I thought after four years, she'd be cool. But again not telling the sister that I had bought a ring and done that. She saw how fixed I was on my mother's care. And she saw that clock tick and she literally pulled up the calendar and says, I need to be pregnant by this date. I, I, I laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing about it then. And the difference was instead of fighting and crying and begging and negotiating, I said, I love you and I want you to be happy. And if this timing isn't working for you, as much as it pains me, I want to see you happy. And, and ironically, you know, we also are very good friends. 
and I remain friends with her family. And over the years, and I'm glad for those relationships to, to reflect back because she says, you know, David, I didn't have any kids at the time. I still don't, um, but married now. I, I wasn't caregiving for my parents the way you were. Now that I've gone through that experience, I realized that me jumping up and down and making that demand when you are raising two children as a single dad, you're taking care of your parents and you are carving out enormous amount of time for me. She says, it just wasn't mature. I go, but that, I'm not judging you. It, you, were, you were at a different life space. Even though we were close in age, it's not just age, it's stage and space. And I learned that, that you, if, if you have to do that to keep something, it wasn't yours to begin with. And, and so I was blessed that we came to a space where she can be happy and I can be happy for her. And I've taken up forward is about being able to say, this is what you want and what you need. Because I also said, guess what? I learned my lesson from my last long-term relationship. I'm not demanding anything from you, but this is where I'm at. My, my mom literally is on, a, on death's door. I want to marry you. I still didn't tell about the ring because my whole thing, I'm not trying to, you know, I always feel like that could be manipulative, right? So my thing is, this is where I'm at. And if sometime in the near future, you decide you want, I'm here. And I'm not going to be happy about it. Don't take the fact that I accept your decision, that I don't care. I do care, but I really love you. And love is, this, is, is acknowledging that the safety and security and happiness of another person is as important to you as your own. So I can have a child at any time, right? And I got to, you can't, and you want to bear children it's, it's, it, it, I am not going to tell you, wait for me, right? And, and, and Mrs. Menopause rolls up on you. That was a hard decision because the space I was in, I could have said or done, a, I could have literally reached, reached into the room and, and then she wouldn't have had the kind of dynamic that she really wanted to have. And then I would have been in, a, a jerk about it. But I thought it's not about me. It's about, it's not about me only. It's not about you only. It's about us. And so what I continue to look for is for a person who can meet me where I'm at as I'm at. Right now, I got a 21-year-old who's living um, in his own apartment going to FIU, go Panthers. I got an 18-year-old who um, was supposed to start Georgetown this term in, on the Hill. And two weeks before we got on a plane to, to send our baby boy off, COVID uh, said, you know, you can't go. So he's, you know, I've had 50-50 custody this entire time. But for the, for the time that he will remain here doing Georgetown online, he's with me every day. And, but he's got his own life. He's 18. So um, my parents have since passed. Um, I'm in a wonderful uh, job space. I'm back at FIU working for a grant. And there's so much flexibility. And I have such great leadership around me that like, all of a sudden, the kind of constraints that I had before that took up my time and my headspace are, are opened up. So my thing is, I will probably be a less heavy guy, a, a, a less busy guy, but still I have goals. I, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a homebody. I tend toward being a workaholic. I'm mission oriented, you know. <laughs> well, um, you're also single right now, right? So you don't necessarily right. have anyone taking up your time. So right. hearing that you've learned some lessons to be oh, a yeah. vocal man, to, to really share how much you love and what it means and what you might be planning in the background when it comes to relationships. So. Yeah. My question is, what is your question? As a single man of mature age in today's society, what is that one burning question that you have? I know that all of us have 
emotional needs. This is a really good book, um, His Needs, Her Needs. If you haven't read it, I can send you the link. Fantastic book. It allows individuals and couples to know that this idea that men are not emotional is, is, is a myth. We all are emotional. We all have an emotional needs. They're just different. But I do believe that the way men are set up and the way women are set up tend to aggregate around um, certain certain ideas. So I'm a very, apparently I'm a very emotionally present man. I have a lot of nurturing qualities, I'm communicative, but I still have this need to want to protect and provide. And it doesn't always show up the same way. I'm probably not the most macho man you meet, but I realized that that drive to be, you know, someone who can be there to be the rock. And I know that's a very masculine, masculine quality. Um, and, but what I, I, I really often want to know is why is it that you, you know, you talk to single women all the time. When women are talking amongst themselves, they are completely open and fluid about what they say they want, they don't want and whatnot. But then when they're in that room with a dude who's literally like, look, I'm here, I'm listening. And to the extent that I can meet that, I'm going to do it. So what you got, it's, it's crickets. Um, or it's, what do you want? I, I don't want to hear what I want. I know what I want. I want to hear what you need. And, and what you need is different than what you want or what I want. But what, what, why is that so difficult? And why does the truth of what you really need only come out when the cow is way out of the barn? I really want to understand that. Okay. So that's a really good question, David. A really good question. And this is, this is why I exist. And this is why I created my community, the Real Love Network, because what I realize is as professional women, as powerful women, um, when you're with your girlfriends, you have history, one, right? So you're able to open up about what you want and what you're going through because you have a history and they know what you've been through. And let me tell you what's going on. And this is what I need. So that's one, you have a history. Number two, uh, we've been programmed to think that a man has to work in order to get to know the inside, the vulnerability, the who we are. You got to put the work, you got to put the work in, right? You got to put the work. And then the number three is fear, right? Absolute fear. It could be fear of judgment or fear of rejection. Oh, well, if I share that I need this on Sunday mornings, what if he doesn't like that? So then now our time is done because of that, me sharing that one thing. So I'd rather just tiptoe and see what he likes and maybe I'll even change for it. So that's, a, that's an issue. That's an issue, right? So you might meet the powerful woman that's like, oh, I can't change. I won't change for anyone. But understand that when you have a true connection with someone, she suddenly doesn't seem as busy. Or, you know, and, and she'll put things to the side and things will start to fall to the wayside because she's giving you this attention that she really doesn't have time to do, just like you're saying, right? So, and then, and then now she's morphed into someone that she's not, right? So part of the thing that I help women with is how to be authentic with who you are make time for love and yes, express your core needs. Like yeah. I, I did a premarital class and one of the biggest things the, the pastor had said was, you know, one of my needs, my core needs is juice in the fridge. And you know, we thought that was so silly, juice in the fridge, that's so funny. But at the end of the day, we all have that weird thing that we need, but we're afraid to share it, right? Like for me, I love tamarind. Tamarind is a Jamaican sweet, oh, right? Yeah. I, love, I love some tamarind. When tamarind is not in my house, I, I'm a little irky, like where's the tamarind? So there's things that have nothing to do with the person that you're dating, 
but because that need isn't fulfilled, they get the brunt of whatever's going on. So coming back to your question of how do you get to the nitty gritty of the woman that's standing in front of you, it really is authentically sharing who you are and then asking the question for her to share too. Now, I specifically have something called the love deck that I created that are questions that you specifically ask people that you're dating and you can play a game, you know, it's like a game that you can play. So that helps to break the ice. Um, but so many times we, we're afraid to be judged. We, we really are yeah. afraid to be judged and to be rejected. That, that makes sense because I've spent most of my adult life actually making sure I am that open, vulnerable person, sharing things that are hard because I don't want you to get the surprise. And it's interesting. I, I was once in a, a pretty long relationship with someone and we were going through it. And I said, I said, sweetie, I see you. I, I truly see you. And I, I, I want to be there for you. I can't fix you, but you're not broken. But I want you to know that I see you. And she said, that's she, she says, I want to be loved and adored, but you, you, she says, you see me spiritually naked. And, and I said, but I love you. She goes, but I don't want anyone seeing that. And, and I, and I thought, I, and it confused me because I've gotten versions, but even my, I, most of my friends are women, right? I said, raised by women. And I think that's the vibe. And many of my female friends, you know, we've always, you know, I always tell people, if you don't know how to be friends with someone of the opposite sex, there's something wrong. You should be able to have friends of opposite sex and know how, how to have that without strings and things hanging. However, some of them have said, you know, David, you know the reason why a relationship developed that way, even though you've been single for years? It says, because the very thing that I value as a friend, your ability to see and accept me as is, I ain't trying to have that in my man. I have a friend right now has said that to me in a relationship the, the, the thing is she will tell me or her girlfriend thing and i'm like well, why wouldn't you want the man to see it and she goes i don't know it's like you got to keep mystery and i said but isn't love about acceptance and she's like yeah that's yoga bro she said and you know my and my girlfriend they tell me part of your problem is that you are completely transparent and 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 i and i find that counterintuitive if you're talking about love i'm not talking about lust or infatuation right. um, or chemistry. I'm talking about love. It is about being open, transparent, and vulnerable. And it starts with just some honest stuff. If you're, if you're busy, and I think I can only see you on Fridays, and, I, and, and Fridays is the day that you get it done, and then a year goes by, and now you're mad at me because I've taken your Fridays. I didn't, what the hell did I know? I didn't know that you were tell you Fridays, you know? So, so I, I, have, I have found that to be a real stick point because you're right, it's about you, you, if you are a judge, if you are a, a scientist or, you know, you've got this judge, you, you, you're working, you know, uh, you're with the mayor's office, you know, these type of women. And I, I expect that you would be able to say, that won't work, that will work. But I find out down the line, it's, well, David, I moved this for you, but A, no one asked you to do that. And B, if you told me that that was a stick point, maybe I had space to move. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're absolutely right. You, listen, Tamron, you know, I get it. That's your, that's your thing. My, yeah, my, 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 my family jokes with me that I've only, my relationship has only been with Caribbean women and, and Latino women. And so, you know, my stepfather was Jamaican. So they, they said, that's the problem. You just need to get you a good old Georgia girl and we'll have a problem. No, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's your, 
I don't think it's geographic and I don't think it's demographic. I, I think I'd have the same thing. So here's the thing, right? I I would take advice from friends with a grain of salt. This is this is what I tell my clients all the time. You might have girlfriends that you go to or even married couples that you go to for advice, but their advice is not the end all be all. They are not the expert on anything. Girl, but yeah been through in their own life right so you know people like you could see the women in the prayer group praying for a man for 30 years and nobody jesus is having <laughs> the man in the middle of the circle from the window you know that's kind and of none of them married by the way but they praying they, they, exactly <laughs> faith without works is dead good brother so okay. i i would definitely say that you're just not connected to the right person right because i i really feel that um, being vulnerable is what relationships need and love and openness and being honest. I do understand that a woman wants to feel wanted, right? So I have a whole woman uh, movement around being a wanted woman, you know? So yes, maybe Fridays is the only day she could do, but yeah, you know, it feels nice when a guy's like, well, I'd love to see you any other day if you have it, you yeah. know, like saying those things, but if she's busy, she's busy. You know, like I have clients that are working for the presidential campaigns, you know, like real busy so but still making time to date still making time for love because i realized remember work isn't everything right so no, it isn't. say i'm so busy i have no time for it but you're still watching that netflix show for five hours you're still on social media for an hour and a half you know like dating doesn't have to be an all-day affair so I, I I err on the side of caution to listen to your girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't get it. But but I will say you're talking about faith without works. Yes. One of the things I see with you is I don't know if you remember this, but back in 2007, uh, you and I were working a leadership conference, and you walked me to my car, um, and we were talking, and you you gave me a sort of a vignette, and you actually asked me a question, which I, at the time I thought was hilarious. Like she's gonna ask me a question about men. I'm like, <laughs> I'm striking out over here. But what struck me when I walked away from that was you you were in a space where you had recently um, gotten out of a relationship and it was clear from what you shared that it, it wasn't working. But what I picked up from that was that that, that, that unfortunate uh, moron, whoever he was, wasn't seeing you. And you were struggling with the idea about being authentic. And so when I think about your story uh, with Andy and and how you two met from a space, you two developed a, a legitimate respect relationship based on your, your common mission, right? You have the mission to empower people. You have a similar commitment to family and faith and it organically grew. And, and, I, and I, when I look at your marriage, I realize two things. One is that you did not succumb to the temptation to, to, to morph yourself into a person that would have been acceptable to someone who didn't see you. I was really glad to see that that the next time I saw you, you left that thing in the past. Yeah. Um, it would have been tempting to, to do otherwise. And the other thing is that as you've grown your own, your, your own mission, your own calling, I, I do know that you started in you know, MPH and being a coach and that wasn't the vibe, right? It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't the thing that turns you on. And the idea that you love love, you wanna help people. And instead of you waiting till you were married and had your beautiful, beautiful daughter, and then says, look what I've done. You did the work to become the kind of woman that can, can receive the kind of beautiful marriage that you have, but you were able to share this and are able to share this with women and men, even before you got the husband. So I always tell people that it's not, it's, it faith without works is dead, but you've been doing the work 
for a lot longer than you've been doing this and you've been showing people how to connect for a lot longer than you were in this beautiful connection with Andy. And, and so I always tell people, literally, if you build it, it will come, like the movie says, right? Not that, yes. make them come and I'll build it. And, and so you, you're a demonstration of doing the work. And to be honest, I, this is not the first or even a fourth time someone has invited me to this particular type of engagement. If you, and then, you know, you've seen the type of webinars and stuff I'll say yes to. And I usually say no because I am single. I haven't been in a relationship for a number of years. I'm divorced. And, and then I, I'm, I don't want to get in a conversation with someone who is having a surface kind of conversation and get into that male versus female, Mars versus Venus trope, because that's, that's not who I am, right? But I, I, I could say yes to you because I'm like, this sister's doing the work. And she's going to be able to use whatever I share in a way that's going to bless people. And, and also, I'm not going to get off the line and feel like a failure because, you know, <laughs> there's a way that you can interview this thing for single women. And it's like, look at this poor muck over here. But I just wanted to say that, that, that you know, bes besides everything else that you've accomplished uh, in your life, when I look at you, sister, I see you evolving as a spirit, as a soul. And I'm just so very proud of you. And you inspire me because my thing is you're out there and there are sisters like you out there. And the thought I have is if God, if God so deems it, that's out there, that kind of person, mission-oriented calling is, is, is for me. And I know that brother over there, he, he is blessed. That girl, she picked the right mom and dad from heaven. And those are the type of people I want to get with. Thank you, David. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, we're going to end the podcast right there. We, <laughs> I appreciate you for joining us here today. If you guys didn't hear the nuggets, understand that being your authentic self is the self to lead with. And David Cole is an authentic man that you need to connect with. So how can people connect with you? How can people find you, David? Social well, I, I, I have a very small Facebook uh, <laughs> thing, but I am on Facebook. I, I'm currently, like I said, I'm working at FIU. I'm the director of a wonderful program called College Impact. We just uh, launched it, but I'm, I, you know, I'm not behind any firewalls or whatnot. Right. So a person wants to connect. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can yeah, you can DM me on Facebook, and you know, we can, we can have that conversation on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, family. So make sure that you leave a review, show us some love, share this episode, and in the meantime, continue to love. Until next time, guys, much love, many blessings. Bye-bye.